You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears, the first audio-only episode. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton over there, and I can point at them because they're on a Skype camera, and I'm excited about being able to see them in England are my work wife, James Hardigan, and my work abusive stepdad, Matt Broughton. Hello. We all here. There in England, I am in Fargo. I did a stand-up comedy for the first time here last night. I don't want to say that I bombed, but it was a sort of improvised explosive device. Oh. Hey, uh, I can't help but notice, Joe, that you're in a different hotel to the one you last yes. stayed at with the famous we had to wake you up in the middle of the night phone call. Yeah, that hotel was booked. So I, well, that's not true. Well, that's okay. Partially that hotel was booked. And I was going to stay at a cheapo place because I'm picking up the tap myself this time. And uh, But I was talking to this girl on Tinder and she talked me out of staying there and talked me into staying in like this boutique hotel in downtown Fargo, which is really nice, twice as expensive. And she basically never responded to another message after <laughs> I told her. I was like, cool, I'll see you soon. Literally never heard from her again. So she's like the girl that was shilling for the bar in Malta, where you kept, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Where, where I was. I suddenly realised this is the best marketing ploy ever. And there was just all these single guys walking around the bar, looking at their Tinder accounts, wondering where this <laughs> fictional girl was, who said, "Come meet me. I work between ten and one every night." I'm becoming slightly concerned, Joe, that every single anecdote you have involves Tinder. <laughs> well, I, well, this one was Tinder, but I have some non-Tinder anecdotes coming up later in the show wow. and some Tinder they, anecdotes also. Are they related to rival dating apps? Because I group those all in the same genre. Yes. And look, <laughs> I have some Tinder stories and I have some non-Tinder stories and the non-Tinder stories, I'm, I'm some just non-dating stories at yes. all. Coming up on today's show, Matt and James have got some stories. We are wrapping up the first ever event from the Poker Stars Championship. Uh, and later on, we are joined by the first ever winner of a Poker Stars Championship event. Christian Harder is going to be here. Uh, James, that's a nice booking. How did you manage that? I messaged him and asked him if he'd like to be on the podcast, and he said yes. Wow. Oh, Sick. Well, it really rang. was that simple. <laughs> well, you did it very quickly. Thank you for taking care of that, James. You're I have welcome. come up with what is maybe my most ill-conceived game ever yes. to play with Christian. God, that's um, going to take some doing. Wow. Well, I've, it's so ill-conceived that I have a backup game of race situations prepared <laughs> instead. Because we're going to the well. Why shouldn't we? The show is two whole episodes old. Uh, I wanted to, hey, I wanted to pitch you guys a catchphrase for the show, like when people ask why they should listen to it. Yeah. Just like the elevator pitch. We're allowed to say fuck. I like it. I think that's, people are like, what's the difference between that and this? We're allowed to say fuck. There's and also shit. no pictures. There's no poker. Um... All the stuff that really I, irritates I think, people. I think all that is summed up by we're allowed to say fuck. <laughs> I don't know, I because just... it's not much of a tagline for the poster, but I guess it works. Okay, fine. Anyway, moving on. We got, like I said, lots of fun stories from the Bahamas the last night. Matt and James and I have not seen each other since then. Uh, we got some interesting shit to talk about, from what I understand, about our respective flights home. Social media beefs are back, and they are plentiful. <laughs> now, this is lots all you, though. I've received no issues with uh, social media in the last few days, so this must be all you. This is all me and then one on Matt's behalf, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> the last episode, which was also the first episode, was a little tight 
we, you know, we had to keep it to a certain length. So we're going to talk about some movies and TV that we didn't get to. Just to be clear, because you're going to confuse people. The last yeah. episode was officially episode 71. So, yes, it was the first under our new banner. But really, we like to think of it as an ongoing series of podcasts. Okay, sure. What, James is right. It's too... I, I can barely explain it myself. So we're just going <laughs> to move on to the super fan. His name is Doc Ober. He's from the internet, and his specialty subject is Scrubs. And I have seen some scrubs in my life. So I think, hopefully, if I get lucky on my question draw, I should be a contender. Now, I think I might dread asking this question, but I'm going to anyway. Joe, what has been burning you on social media? Oh, man, you want to hear some social media beefs? Okay, first guy, first item up for bids is this dude named Blufftown Tweets. His, his name is Blufftown. And um, I'll just read his tweet so you guys can see what I'm dealing with here. I want to give my daily shout out to at Stapes. Thank you for making poker great again, sir. Thumbs up. I'm here for you when you want $1, $2 coaching. And he tweets at me just about every day. First of all, he can eat a big old pile of shit. <laughs> Sorry, I actually thought that was quite a nice tweet. He was giving you a shout out and he was offering to give you coaching. James, you're being purposefully obtuse. You know that this dude tweets at me every day asking if I want 1-2 uh, coaching because oh, I, I can't beat 1-2 on Poker Stars. Oh, sorry. I wasn't aware that this was an everyday occurrence offering the coaching. And it, was I, like ten, it was like 10 times during the Bahamas, I'm like, sorry, like five tweets in a row. And the, what really irks me about it is that, like, first of all, like, Matt, how are you at um, pole vaulting? I'm pretty, pretty poor, pretty poor. Yeah. You're pretty terrible at pole vaulting. Let me know if yeah. you want any pole vaulting lessons. James, how are you at um, fucking horse whispering? I've never tried, but I imagine I'd well, be rather good. Exactly, asshole. I've never played one, two on Poker Stars, like literally ever, like not even one time. I don't think I've ever played one, two on Poker Stars. Like, I don't, I don't fucking, I'm, I, I don't care. The whole and the whole thing, by the way, the whole like, it's a self, it's an act. It's a self-deprecating act. You fucking asshole. Eat a big old pile of shit. Okay, that's okay. that one dealt with. Please tell me there aren't too many more because I'm not sure that the listeners are going to get through this. <laughs> they're going to be they're, look. I got. I fine. only have one. I only have one more real one, and then okay. Matt can will do the one on behalf of Matt. Um, Gigi Fab, who is a uh, was a GPL fan, uh, kind of fancied herself a bit of a celebrity in the chat, and like oh, everyone used to like make a big deal when she would show up in the chat, and she sort of got this like gigantic ego. Is this the girl who was in the Bahamas? Yes, so she had this, she was like making a big deal about how like I've changed as a, as a person because like I didn't like greet her in the chat live on air one time and I just kind of had a little go at her when I was like, this show's not really about you. Like you showing up in the chat, like it's nice if I say hello, but like I'm not required to do it. So like, just shut up. <laughs> and um, PR, PR. So she came, she came to the Bahamas. I didn't actually say shut up to her. I was just thinking it. Uh, she came to the Bahamas and chased me down the hallway being like excuse me excuse me excuse me do you have a problem with me what's your problem with me and i was like yo i i don't i don't have a problem i just the one thing that we talked about was i just thought like you know the show's not about you so i'll say hi to you if i want to and that's it but it's really nice to meet you and i was walking to go get changed remember i had to get changed in that one really short break to do an interview and like i was heading to my hotel room i had like 30 minutes to like get changed and try to eat something and she's following me all down all the way down the hallway until finally she's like i got her to say out loud Yes, it is about me. 
yes, the show should be about me because everything should be about me. Like, she literally said those words. So, GG Fab, you can eat a big old pile of shit. Joe, meanwhile, but I gotta pick up on one thing because that yeah. could have been avoided had you taken the really fast route back to the hotel. <laughs> but Joe's like, do you know what? We could go the fast route. But the, one of the first days he said, no, let's, let's go the long way. And I thought, that's weird. And then my head went, you want to go the long way because there's more chance of you bumping into dealers, players, random chicks, railbirds that you can glisten your baby eyes at. And he oh, went, yeah. Absolutely. Is this your roundabout way of saying that he brought this on himself? Kind of, because then every <laughs> single time we, if we came to leave the uh, kind of area at the end of the day, I'd look at Joe and Joe would just tell me, go, we're going the long way. <laughs> and meanwhile, embracing the girl. Hey, this girl, little story about this girl. Oh, look at this girl, little story about. I was like, do you know what? If you kept taking yourself the long way just to try and get a random hookup in that five minute walk, then you have no one to blame for Gigi Fab's attention but yourself, sir. I can't really argue with that. Let's <laughs> let's shift focus to my buddy, Matt, who yeah. absolutely slated this guy <laughs> on Facebook yesterday. <laughs> The thing is, I feel a little bit bad because I know the guy. I've actually he's played in a home game with me. Is is this guy's name is Jim? And actually, ironically, he's a friend of friend of the show and friend of mine, Steve Fair, Hornchurch Steve. Is that he's one of those guys? Joe is definitely the funny guy. Like he walks in the room and he's razzle dazzle and loud and cracking jokes. I'm kind of quiet funny in that right. I'll just sit and mumble something that will make people laugh. Condescending. Condescending, abusive, sarcastic. Overly cynical. <laughs> but, but if you know me, you know that, that there's very little venom in it. It's just designed to, to mostly get a response out of the other people around whoever's being my target at the moment. It, it's, it's, it's sharp, but it's, it's sharp. not cruel. It's, it's like a snake that's been milked, but they didn't quite squeeze enough. <laughs> right. He'll get you. <laughs> but so my, my sense is that whenever Jim communicates with me, which is pretty rare, he is trying really hard to make me laugh. He's really trying to be a funny guy because he thinks I'm a funny guy. So we've got to be funny guys. And I put up <laughs> anyone. I actually spoke about this on, on the, the broadcast out of the Bahamas about how I accidentally took a burst photo, about 60 photos up my nose. But it turned <laughs> out to be this really heroic picture of me looking off into the distance <laughs> with the palm with, trees with behind the palm me because the sky, it was literally in my lap taking a picture of my nose. I put this photo up like saying, guys, I just took this picture of myself and it made me laugh. So I thought I'd share it. And he said he left a comment, said something like, this this would make a great uh, grinder profile picture and i'm a bit naive but i thought i'm pretty sure i know what grinder is did a quick google and of course it's like joe it's like tinder for for the gay community i guess yeah it's gay tinder and because it's i mean it is way more of like a pure hookup app though on grinder at least on tinder people are pretending to like at least want to go on a date grinder is just like Show me your dick. Show me your three feet away. And we're gonna we're gonna get it on. <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience. Oh, I find it very interesting. So if someone's on Grinder, I'm around. I'm like, show me what's what's happening on Grinder tonight for sure. <laughs> but anyway, so there was that first message. It just sent great Grinder profile picture or something, and I and I, I didn't really respond to it. it was like, <laughs> anyway, then I posted when I got got home. I had a whole bunch of phone uh, pictures on my phone and laptop, you know, stuff that happened in the Bahamas. And on Facebook, I've just got like a generic album of like EPT stroke championship memories, and I just uploaded everything. And Jim appeared again, going, "This will look great on Grinder." <laughs> and well, one, if the joke's worth making once. Well, it's also, worth making twice. The first time right, it, Joe? The, <laughs> Yes, but I don't know. Look, everyone's got their things, and mine's like I just don't find grinder jokes to be that funny. Like, no, yeah, it's no. like such low hanging fruit. Like, and, and, I, and the thing cares? is, the first time he made the joke, he got almost zero response on my page. So I thought, well, everyone must feel the same as me. The second time he posted it, again, zero response, and I just thought, I just kind of need to nip this in the bud. 
And do you do you have a note of what I said? I'm taking it. Did you? Uh, uh, yes, it's Matt with Andrea Cari and Nacho Barbero, and uh, this dude Jim writes this. The picture I took for Grinder thoughts, and finally Matt look. He just goes, Jim. I don't know if you're just hoping that if you keep making the same hilarious homophobic grinder joke on my pictures, it'll suddenly become funny, but maybe knock it on the head now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was quite polite and quite, you know, erudite. And- it, but it is, I mean, it is, but it's so biting. Like, it is just, I don't know, dude. I think, like, <laughs> you saying that is akin in, like, power to me saying, eat a big old pile of shit. <laughs> That's like, my version of it. Sim- but but yes. what did he reply with? He said, I apologize, I'll delete if you like. And what did I say? Fuck all. Uh, Nothing. I, th- I think that's it. Leave yes. him <laughs> stewing. He knows he's done wrong. I'm not I've not clicked like. I've not said no, don't worry about it, Jim. I've just left it. Just hang in there. Going, let's that, just that, think about that, yeah. We agree that that's where I would have left it also. Like just let him not let him wonder whether or not I'm still pissed <laughs> off. Is that the same guy that jumped on your Facebook and like talked some shit to me years ago? No, no, I know who that was. No, that was, I don't really want to say his name. It's not someone you know or would ever meet, but it was a guy. It was a guy I think was a bit jealous of some of the work I was doing, and I kind of kept showing him clips and then stupidly did that thing when you leave your laptop, and he got on and said something about you narcissistic prick or I can't yeah, he said something about like I posted a photo of myself he's like yeah because as if it weren't obvious how much you already love yourself and I was like <laughs> and it came from Matt and so I was like Matt's usually like a little bit more like well like the response I gave Jim but, I like to take my yes, time over my insults it's plausible yes. that it could have been written by Matt right well it's no it, it, only the style of it wasn't like to be yeah. insulted for loving myself is not remotely outside of Matt's <laughs> wheelhouse but to do it that way it just wasn't his style but yes the insult itself could have very easily <laughs> i'll take that on the chin but uh, it wasn't me on the instance but no it wasn't jim i say jim i don't know particularly well i've just met him a handful of times because of Hornchurch steve so obviously the last episode we recorded was on set it was uh, at atlantis midway through the main event of the pokestars championship bahamas but shall we talk about what happened afterwards for sure let's do it Event Recap. Event Recap. Well, before we go any further, let's tell you the name of this track, because as ever, we cut together a wonderful closer. Let's salute Gary for the work he did, ending the Pokestars Championship Bahamas live stream with an amazing video. And of course, everyone wants to know, what's the song? We're gonna get it, what's the music? The track is called Neon Light, and as ever, is available from the library site, audionetwork.com. Where would we be? Where would we be without the audio network? God bless them. 
We should be audio network affiliates, I think, um, because we must be driving at least six or seven downloads a month their way. <laughs> um, you know what? Speaking of that music, that was actually remember the day that Francine was like sitting in the stands and like going through potential music to use on stuff, and it was just seemed like such an arduous, horrible process. I mean, it's not easy to find good library music tracks. So good job. Good job, everyone involved on that one. She seemed very unhappy doing it. Uh, let's talk, yeah, the main event for a little bit since that happened after. So, I mean, the final table main event sure. uh, happened after we did the last show. How fun was that final table? It was great. And I think we said this at the time that, you know, you get different dynamics at final tables. And some uh, play full-handed for a long time and then just go bish, bash, bosh. Some, you get some early eliminations and maybe they play three-handed or heads up for a long time. This one, we saw a guy eliminated on hand seven, Rasmus Glacial. And then we played five-handed for more than a hundred hands That's for amazing. five hours. And the weird thing is that I don't think we've ever had that before, where we were kind of stuck, for want of a better word, at five players. No, and, and also no. I think we were blessed with, like, everyone was interesting. Everyone was very different. It wasn't like there were two robots and two fun guys. It's like it was just, I think, my favorite final table ever. If every final table we ever have to work on is like that, I'm in because the speed of play, the kind of poker being played, a bit optimal, a bit crazy, a bit of chat. I just, I just thought it was such an awesome way to kick off the championship. Yeah, absolutely. And I got a lot of uh, positive feedback from people uh, who private messaged me and were like, "That final table was just like the perfect balance of trolling, but giving the reverence it deserved at times when it needed it, um, and with, with some strategy and some fun." And I agreed. It was like the not the first time in a while, but like I really felt like we hit the sweet spot there. But I do think the players have to be credited with that because, of like matches said. They, they were just so interesting and good and talked. They were quiet sometimes and talked sometimes. And there was just – it was a joy to do this final table. It was really fun for us, and I think that translated to fun for the audience. Yep. No, absolutely. And I think that was reflected by the fact that – and I know that we can only monitor the Twitch audience in real time. We get the stats on all of our other sites later down the line. But I think that was one of the biggest Twitch audiences we've ever had for one of our final tables a huge number of concurrent viewers. And uh, yeah, I think it was a great way to start the new tour. I know effectively it's the same event that we've been running at Atlantis for however many years, but it did feel that we were starting something new to a certain degree, and it was a great kind of launch platform, if you like. Well, one new thing we did is we started doing sideline interviews. And, um, you know, basically, so our boss came to us as like, look, I want to throw some new stuff in there. I want to try if we can, you know, beef up the coverage a little bit. So whoever's not, you know, so the way it works is there's usually two of us doing commentary and one guy's on break for that level. And so what we're going to do today is like, if you're on break, you're just going to hang out. And if there's like a sideline interview to do, uh, we're going to send you in to do it. And I was like, not crazy about it at first just because it's like another thing for me to like worry about and stress about and so i would me and matt were basically kind of sitting there playing like a little game to see who would end up <laughs> getting stuck doing the most interviews and i say getting stuck because that's how i felt about it first but then once i saw matt and then once i did one i was really into it and thought that it did make things slightly more interesting again i don't know if it would work with a, a table full of other players but i had a lot of fun doing it and there was only one fuck up about like because, you know, we're doing the interviews in real time, but the guys who are in commentary are like th 45 minutes behind yeah, 50, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it required some coordination. We got really <laughs> lucky that there was only one time that we're like, wait, hold on. How is this? Wait, 
and it took a little shuffling at the it, beginning it was, of a level it was work. my it was my faux pas wasn't it it was my faux pas i i i finished something with a back to joe and james thinking hang on a minute I've just said back to Joe and James because right now Joe and James are there. But, but in 45 minutes time... Is it going to be me? Have I just thrown back to myself from the future? Maybe I could tell myself how I die. But, but luckily, <laughs> luckily it worked out pretty well. But as you said, Joe, it was that first interview that Matt did which very much set the tone as well. It was the exit interview with Rasmus where yeah. you basically snogged him at the end. Well, yeah, that's a great gag. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out well. The thing is, the beauty of that situation is, is ordinarily you feel a little bit disconnected if you're not the guy in the booth you're kind of a bit disconnected from what's going on you know because the security is so heavy to keep the real world from our world but actually this allowed us to kind of actually surf that kind of gray area because you needed to know what was going on to a degree and and i just i just thought again it comes back to us saying how lucky we were with that final table we just had some good characters michael vella was a good guy you know cliss josephy there's just there were enough personalities that rather than having a robot that you can say are you happy with your result? Anything you would have done differently? Did you enjoy your experience? You know, there were some guys that we actually had a bit of knowledge about their personality and could kind of riff off that. But it was good fun. And they, they reacted really well, I thought. And the whole poker world has reacted really well to Christian Harder winning the thing. I mean, people seem to have really been pulling for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I think we said it on the day. Here's a guy who's had a string of results, both live and online, but has still yet to capture that live title. But now that live title is his. And as if that wasn't enough, winning the first ever PokerStars Championship, yep. he now gets to come on this podcast. So let's <laughs> welcome him to the show. And the say, rich get richer. Congratulations and welcome, Christian Harder. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Christian, uh, life changing. I've, I've, I've the. Uh, are you a superstar now? <laughs> no. <laughs> so for that, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't quite call it life changing, but uh, I mean, it's. It's. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm. I'm still kind of just in shock that I finally, you know, took one of these down. So I'm pumped. For sure. Is that a huge relief for you? Because I, I think that, you know, between talking to you a little bit and talking to some of your friends, that you were sweating a big win pretty hard. Uh, part of it's relief. Part of it's just happy, joy, whatever you want to call it. So Yeah, somewhere in the middle, I'd say. Like, do you feel accomplished? Like, has it, has it, is there like a definite sense of satisfaction from it? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, seeing people online that don't really follow poker, it's like, it's amazing how much like messages and support I've got. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was kind of shocked, but you know, winning one of these things and with the live stream or having people watch it, it's like a whole nother level for like you know people who don't really follow poker that much. Like, wow, he did, actually does play poker. <laughs> wow, actually, did, he did well. Yeah. Uh, the the weird thing is, Christian, when uh, we were down, I think it was to the final thirty two, which would have been the start of day four. Um, cool. Our executive producer, Francine, we were looking at the list of players, and obviously there were a lot of people talking up Jason Mercer, a lot of people talking up Cliff Josephy, and Francine said, Christian Harder, he's going to do it. Because we both remembered you from the final table in 2008, which was the first time we'd come to the Bahamas. And obviously you went out relatively early in seventh place, but obviously we were aware of your pedigree, having followed that tournament over the last few days, and we thought, this is going to be poetic. You know, the first PCA we were at, this guy final tabled. The first PokerStars Championship, he's finally going to win. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it sounded good to me. I, I wish you guys told me that, you know. Help, help me, uh... <laughs> yeah, but then you would have been overconfident and it probably would have gone wrong. Or That's no, true. I just wouldn't want to be the one to jinx it. Like, I don't say anything to players I like other than good luck today. Like, I just don't, 
I don't ever want to have any sort of interaction with them at all because I want none of the blame uh, if things don't go well. Uh, you said that you uh, watched the live stream, and James said it seemed like you had been like going home and watching the live stream before you came in to play the next day. Is that what you were doing? I had a bunch of people messaging me. I mean, from thirty because I played the last three days the entire day all through on the live stream. Uh, so I definitely had a bunch of people messaging me about hands and, and things that were going on. That definitely when picked, picked up steam. When they're messaging you, is it like what percentage of it is like well wishers and what percentage is like people helping you out with strategy? Uh, it was probably like ninety percent well wishers, to be honest. Because at one point, I don't really post things like on my like personal Facebook because it's mostly people like not in poker. And I, I posted something, and it was just like. Yeah, a stream of stream of well wishers, pretty much. Now, I I noticed you said earlier something about how like it's nice to be able to like prove it to non poker people that you are a poker player. Is there like someone specific that you have in mind that that's about? You know, not really. To be honest, it's just it. It's just like seeing how many people like supported and like commented on my f- posts. It's like I was just I was just shocked. To be honest, I didn't even know I had that many Facebook friends. Um, We know that you and Johnny Bax and the PCA, we already went over your PCA history. Would you mind going over your Johnny Bax history? Yeah, sure. Actually, it's funny. It starts starts before before Bax. I was actually backed by uh, Mike McDonald, Timex. Wow. Um, Another PCA connection. I know. Um, And and another connection with with me as well in in EPT. So he – it's a funny story that Timex just reminded me of – couple of days ago and he went he went on some trip where he didn't have where he didn't have internet and i was in limbo and, and wasn't back so i contacted cliff and he was like sure yeah let's you can i'll stake you and then timex came back and he's like oh i would have staked you bro i was like sorry dude <laughs> pretty much and then after that i was back by backs for you know almost three years i think was that and, awkward like uh, politically with between those guys or is it just whatever no big deal i don't uh, Mike didn't actually care that much. Uh, he he was. I don't think it was that awkward between them. Uh, so then I was backed by him for a while, and I was playing online. And I won a package on PokerStars. Uh, I got seventh in the PCA. Uh, I dropped out of school because PCA, you know, it falls in between uh, school, you know, college right. break. Uh, so I dropped out of school. I went. I also want to package to Dorman, which is the next EPT, where Mike McDonald knocked me out and then won. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, so that was that was back to back events. Yeah, yeah, it was back to back. Wow, that is like a lot of full circle coming around here. Yeah. You and you and Johnny Bax. First of all, what do you call Johnny Bax? Like, is it Cliff or Johnny or Bax? Like, I've accidentally called him Joseph before. <laughs> I, either him, <laughs> I either call him Cliff or Bax. I think that's kind of common. Yeah, I always say Johnny or Josephine. Those are the two worst things to call him. I think you guys (laughs) seemed uh, to be even more than friendly. He seemed genuinely happy for you. Are you guys close? Was there some emotion between you two? Yeah, Um, we're not especially close, but we're definitely like we're definitely on great terms. uh, Buddies, you know, I've known him since 2007 and We've had a we've always had a good relationship. Uh, I'm I made them a lot of I made him a lot of money, so I'm <laughs> sure, you know. So and I have a lot of you know admiration for for him and respect. So 
yeah, it was just, it was just all respect and love, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, it did seem like there was some love, and you guys came to a deal pretty easily. Do you think that you would have come to the same deal as quickly had it been someone else? Yeah, maybe not. It just worked out like that, where where we known each other for so long and respect each other's game for so much that it just happened pretty quickly. Yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know. You get in, uh, you know, Cliff afterward, um, you know, joked a little bit. Obviously, he wanted to win, but he seemed genuinely happy for you too. Yeah, I know that. I'm sure he wanted to win, especially after just coming so close in the main. And uh, but I, I think I think the chop maybe like maybe like hurt like he 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 didn't his bust out hand. He even said like I might not have done that if he chopped. So that helped me at least. So I guess that's a good thing for me. Yeah, I think it was, what, nine hands of heads up it took to actually get us to a conclusion. Uh, the weird thing is that Cliff's now gone from a third in the World Series to second in the Bahamas. So the next tournament he plays, he gets he goes one better, right? He wins guaranteed, it. Guaranteed, guaranteed. Maths, it's maths. You can't argue with that. Next next big event. <laughs> it seems like the main event of PCA are maybe the two most followed tournaments of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I don't even know. I don't even know how you follow those two. Uh, Christian, you said lots of people have reached out to you, lots of strangers and also some friends you didn't even know you had. Um, everyone seems to be really happy for you. Why do you think that is? Like, what what is it about you? Do you think that people like about you? I think I think I've been around for a long time, especially in the poker world. This is, I guess, a little separate from people who are reaching out individually on my Facebook, but in the poker world, I've been around for so long. I've been around the online scene and live scene, uh, and I, you know, I know I know like tons of people, and I have a lot of friends. And I think it's you know I try to be I try to be a nice guy. I try to try to you know have the respect of my peers, and I, I think that is part of the reason that I've got a lot of well wishers for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you definitely came across as a nice guy to someone many years ago when i had my first poker podcast and you were the first person to ever like have beef with me because you thought that i had been like too hard on somebody on the radio show and i remember having you on the show to like work it out do you remember that you know what you uh, you brought this up like last summer and i i, I forgot i forget already <laughs> i didn't know then or i vaguely knew the details I only remember I only remember because it ha it's happened so rarely to me and this was the first time and I also remember that whatever it was you were saying you were right. So I just wanted to go ahead and say that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh look, I want to play a little game with you. Um look, I I'm not going to lie. I came I you know how I make that joke about uh, your name sounds like something an overzealous preacher would say, Christian Harder. Yes, yeah, not bad, I not bad. I thought that I could like <laughs> I made mistakenly thought that I could um make an entire game out of that. And okay. so I'm I'm calling this game the power of Christian compels you. Oh wow. <laughs> oh, God. We're in trouble already. Yeah, uh and so these are all things based on they're all like trivia questions in the same styles like something an overzealous preacher would say, answer Christian harder. These are all other famous Christians. So, do you want you want to give it a shot? Oh God! I'm going to be terrible at this game. Just full disclosure. No, but, my game is—it's such a bad game. I'm going to let James and Matt help you also, so maybe everyone can play. Okay. Question number one: A preacher whose ship is sinking might say this. What? Tell me, guys. <laughs> I'm completely lost. Uh, You're not the only one. It's a famous Christian. Okay. And it might be something a preacher whose ship is sinking would shout. Christian Bale. 
Christian Bale is correct. Wow. How on earth did you work that out? Simple. <laughs> it's it's simple once you think about it, but at it's first that was It's not simple, it's stupid. <laughs> Here we go, question number two. A preacher who really wants you to severely criticize a female parishioner. <laughs> I did not think it was possible for you to come up with a worse game than the one you gave Steve Warburton, but I think you may have succeeded. <laughs> Wait, what's, what's, what's that again? I'm still trying. I'm still trying. A preacher who really wants you to severely criticize a female parishioner. Christian Slater? Christian Slater oh! is correct! Oh! I was about to say that because that's mm -hmm. the first Christian that comes to my mind when I think of favorite Christians for whatever reason, but I still couldn't even put that together with the. Well, yeah, I mean, slating someone is a purely English thing. I didn't really think there was going to be much of a chance. One, I have one question left. A preacher yelling at two members of their parish's relay race team. <laughs> uh. One of them named Lou. I, I have no idea. James? This is going so well. Christian, Lou, Baton. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm, Joe, I'm calling time okay. on this. Seriously, I mean, of all the games you've done, this is absolutely the nut low. Yeah, so, look. I, that, that was creative, I, I, but I couldn't get, I could, I could get there. And that's why, Christian, since you're on my first radio show ever in the poker industry, we used to play a game on there called Race Situations. That's the real game. Okay. I just wanted to get those terrible questions out there. We're going to play a little Race Situations. Christian, do you remember this game? I do not. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's fine. Look, you've won millions of dollars since then. I would have forgotten a lot of shit, too. Race Situations is a game where I pose you two nearly identical mathematical percentages to win a particular hand or a particular problem, right? Like a pair versus two over cards. I, I compare two real-world things, and you have okay. to tell me which of those two things has the slight mathematical advantage, like which is the pair, all right? Okay. Now, there are five questions. And one of them is a hidden domination, like an ace-king versus an ace-queen. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Matchup number one, bay versus boo, which has the slight mathematical advantage? Boo. Boo is incorrect, unfortunately, bay. Bay is a slight mathematical advantage. Question number two, Israel versus Palestine. I'm kidding. Do not answer that. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus. Great taste versus less filling, which has the slight mathematical advantage. Great taste, less filling. Great taste. Oh, unfortunately, no. For light beer, less filling is slightly more important. Question number three. Uh, Domino's versus Pizza Hut. I'm going to try to get all five wrong. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, which one has the slight edge, Domino's or Pizza Hut? Domino's. Domino's, incorrect. Pizza Hut has the slight edge because it's food. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four. Clowns versus the word moist for people making way too big a deal about stuff that actually isn't that big a deal. Clowns versus the word, say it again? Clowns versus the word moist for things people pretend to have a problem with, but they're really not that big a deal. I'm going to roll with clowns. Clowns is correct. He's on the board. Damn, I was hoping to get all five wrong. That's unfortunate. Clowns are because the word moist actually is kind of a weird word. Uh, question five, last one here. This is an, on the subject of memes. Pro-Trump memes or pro-New England Patriots memes? Which has the slight mathematical advantage? Uh, pro-Trump memes. 
No, unfortunately, it's pro New England Patriot means, but barely, like just, just barely, are they better than pro Donald Trump means? Um, Christian, you went one for five. You have a chance for the bonus. Which was the domination? Bay versus Boo, less filling versus Great Taste, Domino's versus Pizza Hut, or uh, clowns versus the word moist, or pro New England Patriots memes versus pro Trump memes? Um, Domino's versus Pizza Hut. Absolutely correct. Well done. You got the domination. Hey, at least you can spot a domination when you see one, right? I'm yeah. not sure that particular selection of race situations was much better than the Christian game. <laughs> what the what the f are you talking about, Hardigan? What's your problem? <laughs> well, maybe it's an American thing, and maybe it's only smart people get it. Maybe, uh, Christian. I apologise that you had to endure that, but thank you very much for coming on the show, and congratulations once again. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, so we've covered everything up through the main event now, but from what I understand, some really interesting things happened in the Bahamas between that final card being dealt and us all getting home. Uh, I'm still not home yet, so I've still got shit going on. James, would it have killed you to react to the condom wrapper? (laughs) Oh, was it you who left that in my room? (laughs) I figured that the maid had been emptying bins and had just dropped something on my floor. I'm like... Fuck me, the staff here. That's why I didn't leave a tip. I didn't leave any money. Oh, no. 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 I was scared See, to mention it because I thought, fuck. oh, maybe he really reacted badly and this, this is going to be why, And that's why I figured James saw it and was like, I'm not going to give Joe and Matt the satisfaction of like letting them know that their prank got to me. did not even put two and two together. I'd forgotten that at one point I'd given Matt my room key to put some stuff back in my room and it never occurred to me this was a prank. <laughs> well, and... It's not again. We talk about plausibility. The idea that some lazy cleaner just dropped a load of shit on the floor of my hotel room was completely believable. And that's why I did it that way because I was like, if we put it on the pillow, like he'll know it's a joke. Like we got to make it look realistic. Oh my god! Not only did he not put two and two together, he didn't put two or two dollars on the pillow <laughs> oh. the because of us. Uh, the thing is, and I have to take responsibilities because yeah, because James James one evening said, "Look, do me a favor. Will you like take my bag and my shirt back to my room?" Yeah, of course. And walking back to, to the hotel, I jokingly the long way, by the way, the long way, the, the long, long way, way. <laughs> obviously, just in case we all got laid. Um, but um, <laughs> is I jokingly said to uh, to Joe, I "Can't believe James has trusted us with his key. Like, should we go and poo in his sock drawer?" That's a joke. Jo- Joe's eyes sparkle. He's like, oh, my God. What can we do? And obviously, once he's decided that a condom would be good, immediately like proceeded to pull out 17 out of his front pocket, you know, from a, <laughs> from a quick launching wallet. Um, but the fact that there was no follow-up to it, I thought, oh, God, I'm just waiting to get an email that says, by the way, Matthew, um, James did not appreciate the fact that you, were, you, you, know, you abused the trust that he'd put in you. You won't be joining us in Panama, and we'd like to thank you for your time with us. Oh, my God. I mean, I- and no that's why there was, there was there was such deliberation about what do we do because it's like I think it's acceptable for us to do something, but also we don't want to go too far because James no. has given us his room key, so it's not like we can take a dump on the mattress. <laughs> like we can't really go that far. I do so love what, the fact though that you guys have been stewing about the fact that like you know you know what what, what you know obviously he's angry about it and that's yeah. why he's confronted. No, us. I didn't and give I'm a thinking, shit. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just like fucking cleaners. <laughs> Oh, wow. Credit to the amazing job Joe did of just laying it. And he took a lot of time over getting it just right to look convincing, like, condom. I was literally just threw a bottle of water in the bin and went, why is there a condom wrapper on the floor? Put it in the bin and just got on with the rest of my day. (laughs) That's slightly disappointing, but also relieving. 
I wanted you to think that someone had used your room to bone in. <laughs> like, I wanted you to march down to the front desk, like, holding it up. And well, the person's there was face, a, like, what is this? Obviously, there was a condom <laughs> wrapper, but there wasn't anything else. Right. I thought that would have been too far to leave the actual condom, so I, I flushed it down your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I did say at one point, what if that comes back up later on? There's going to be hell to pay. But <laughs> looks like we got away with it, Joe. Virtual high five. Clack. Slap. Uh, James, uh, after you found this condom, how was your final night in the Bahamas? Uh, final night? Well, obviously, we were all hanging out, and um, that, I didn't realise what a shit show that resort is at, like, 2 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, where you've got oh, people yeah. pouring out of aura, people are trying to find any bar that's still serving alcohol at that time of night, even though, really, they should probably stop. And at one point, because we were all at uh, Olive's, where we decided to order some food, because we thought, like, maybe soak up some of the alcohol that had been consumed. And I just basically went to the bathrooms. It was uh, what I call Superman's toilet. You know, the restrooms where there's the kind of mock-up of the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Walked past this group of about 15 girls in black dresses, none of whom fitted their dresses. Look at Joe's eyes. If only this was in vision. Look at him. <laughs> Seriously, they all need to go on an, an exercise and diet regime. Oh. Went into oh. the restroom, and there's this guy, American guy with a big cigar... And he just wanders over to the urinal and he's just standing there. And I don't think he's even unzipped. He's just kind of balancing himself against the wall. And he's just going, we miss you, little brother. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we, no. we, we really miss you, little brother. I tell you, we... Uh, oh. He needs another drink. We miss you, little brother. And it's just that, and everyone's kind of just staring, like, <laughs> thinking something's going to happen any moment now. But no, he just kept on muttering into uh, the urinal. Unless that's the name for his penis. <laughs> Right. Was he, is that what is that like his mantra to like relax in a public setting so like he can he, start the flow? Exactly. When he took his trousers down, when there was like a mangina or something, just just <laughs> just smooth at the front. By the way, when I say we ordered some food, um, that 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 was the group of us who decided to actually sit down at one right. of the tables in our lives. Joe was distracted at the bar of said venue. Yeah. I so I had okay. So I promised some non Tinder stories, but um, anyway. This was like this cougar that I had met on Tinder and I there are these two ladies from Canada who are like in their mid 40s and they're really nice. So I was just having fun with them and I was planning on ditching them at some point, not in a bad way, but just like excusing myself. By the way, I'm not going to name names here, but when someone else in the office was talking about these girls that you yeah. met at the bar, they added 10 years to their age. <laughs> it, the, the story that's being relayed is that Joe had hooked up with these good women in their 50s. <laughs> Well, they look. I look. If they were in their fifties, they looked really fantastic. If they were in their forties, they look pretty good. I'm, I'm um, gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. Like tip of the hat to like American women in their fifties and sixties still dress up and go out like as if they're twenty five. <laughs> I, I used to love it in Vegas, and you see these herds because you don't really get it in England. Like once somebody hits thirty eight, they pretty much give up on life and just put on some leggings and buy a bag of chips. And it's. I just <laughs> sometimes seen these packs of older ladies still doing the clubs in vegas i find very charming you just said it was kind of like or that. 60s you just added 20 years <laughs> to their age well okay. it doesn't it doesn't matter they were really nice they were actually canadian uh they're super nice and i was having fun talking to them but then there was like a situation where like because so i like how you call them herds matt because oftentimes the two that break off are the wounded ones and they look like easy <laughs> targets and there was like a predator in our midst and he was like being like kind of aggressive and just generally they didn't want to be left alone. So I was like waiting out that guy. Um, 
And then once he bounced, I excused myself and tried to get some food and everyone had eaten everything already. But then I got like a message that the girl I had met on from Tinder the night before was at the club and she was asking about me. So I went to the club and while I was at the club, I th- thought I saw this girl and like tried to be like, oh, hey, look, I'm, I'm just here at the club. I'm not really trying to um, see you. I just was sorry. I'm not like because I said like, hey do you want me to come meet you at the club? And she didn't answer me, but I wanted to go to the club anyway. So it's this really awkward inter- interaction with this girl where I was like, I'm, I'm here, but like, you don't have to talk to me. It's fine. And then I saw her again a few minutes later and I realized it wasn't her. And she actually <laughs> barely spoke English. Um, and she was a Russian cruise ship worker. And I, I ended up buying her and her girlfriend and one of their guy friends, a drink at the bar. And then the four of us went back to my room at like three 30 in the morning. And I hung out with these like three Russian cruise ship employees. Brilliant. Um, who also left about four, at which point I'm like, who's still up? And I'm on my phone. <laughs> and my my car is coming to get me at 8.30, right? And it's like 4.30 at this point. Um, so uh, one of the dealers actually answers and is like, hey, come to this room. And I was like, not that I've made any responsible decisions so far tonight, but this is where I have to draw the line. I did not go to the room. I passed out for two hours, got up, packed, and uh, made it to the airport on time. Wow. James, you you stayed an extra day, right? Uh, I mean, no, I left the next day, but my flight wasn't until 11 p.m. Oh, right. Yeah, well, you stayed an extra day, not an extra yeah. night. But. So basically, it was me and Dan Rogers, our director. So we decided to go to the barbecue place, Virgil's, because obviously it was the NFL playoffs, and we were going to watch the Green Bay-Dallas uh, game, which, by the way, I think has been the only good playoff game so far i know you guys aren't really yeah, into yeah, football. Yeah, no, good yeah, it, great goal, stuff, goal. Stuff, seriously yeah. this was one of the best games i've ever watched this is what playoff football is meant to be but while we're at the bar and what i couldn't understand is it's sunday afternoon mm-hmm. there's nfl on tv and there's about seven people at virgil's i know well, really everyone sp- everyone's leaving right well, from our group, but the resort's still relatively busy. I just thought there'd be more people there. I genuinely thought more people would come to the sports bar to watch sport. And to be honest, during the second half, it did start to fill up more. But this group of Americans came in. and Oh, God. Here I, we go. I'm oh. sorry, Joe. I don't like to use the phrase ugly <laughs> Americans, but it's so appropriate. They had clearly... There are this, a lot of ugly Americans. It's five o'clock in the evening at this point, and I figured they must have been drinking since about 10, because they are gone. And they bring drinks in with them. They order more drinks while they're there. And they're just so loud. And they keep talking about raffle tickets. And they're getting into some argument about raffle tickets. And at one point, Dan and I like, moved over a couple of seats just to try and put some distance uh. between us. But they saw that as an opportunity What's to spread. What's the matter? Spread. Our conversation's not good enough for you? No, huh? they, they, just decided to, they just decided to <laughs> spread out. So it didn't solve the problem. I then go to the bathroom, and as with all like restaurants at Atlantis, the restrooms are outside. You have to go down a corridor. By the time I come back, like Dan's got this horrified expression. It looks like it's about to get violent. This argument about raffle tickets has now become <laughs> you fucking you, and he fucking told you you fucker. And there's like there's there's a woman holding a guy back. The other woman is like got a bottle in her hand, <laughs> is bright red in the face, like it wasn't my fault. It you you're the raffle tickets were your responsibility. Man, if the uh, price turns what? out to be a leg of lamb, this is going to be completely out of proportion. Did they? resolve the issue did we all find peace and harmony in paradise for the first time ever i actually saw a member of staff intervene 
wow. in a kind of like guest conversation just basically advised them that maybe it might be a good idea if they kind of took their argument elsewhere fortunately they finished those drinks and probably found another bar somewhere on the resort to carry on drinking and maybe their argument that's uh, well. I'm glad it, it didn't get violent, Matt. Am I allowed to read the title of the story that you've uh, proposed, or does that give something away? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You can, you can, you can, you can give it. I now present to you Matt Broughton's "The Hulk, the Bomb, and the Corpse." <laughs> okay. What the fuck <laughs> happened to you on the way home? <laughs> okay, so you know that when we did the first ever poker in the ears and eyes, I told you the story about how on the flight over I'd been sweating. Who's going to be my you know, my neighbor for this really long flight and thought I was going to get a nice young lady. It turned out to get this kind of slightly crazed old guy that kept offering me his drinks, poured his drink down me, kept trying to steal my seatbelt. So yeah. I'm going through exactly the same sweat sitting, waiting, because <laughs> now I got the flight back from Miami. I mean, Miami. you've just been dealt like seven deuce, Matt. Yeah. So your chances are your yeah. next hand is going to be slightly better. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you, a jack three. You know, I mean, yeah. I just, just one of those kind of almost unplayable <laughs> but looks a little bit better. So I'm now, I've got to Miami and I'm now waiting for the Miami to Heathrow flight. And I'm sitting in my seat. And also I'd made that cardinal sin of I'd changed seats. I'd requested a seat change because they originally had me on a window seat, which is fine. But I like to walk around a bit for a long flight. So I said, can I swap? And of course, now I'm just sweating. Don't I'm thinking, don't even look at the seat you were originally in, because if there's like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader squad sitting all around that or like an empty seat, I'll really regret the swap. So uh, here I am. And it's not I can't pretend it was like Jurassic Park when they see the ripples in the water. But I can hear this thudding coming up the plane and I almost don't want to look up. But there's a man I can only describe as an Italian Hodor. And this guy is like, he is like six, four, six, five, just not a fat guy, just a giant guy. And I'm like, keep walking, keep walking. He's slowing down. He's slowing down. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. Oh, hi, hi. Come sit down. I'm like, oh my God. And this guy is just creaking everything. You've got the aisle seat. Yeah. So this guy's got a window seat? No, 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 no. We're in the middle four. Ah, so so uh, sorry. I've got like that central aisle seat. So I mean, and this guy. So he's now going to be. Are there already between. three people in the row? Like he's filling the only available seat, or is there a sweat that the other middle seat might be open? And he can spill over that way. No, it's the only seat left. This is definitely ah. where he lives. And he comes in, and he's one of those guys as he's leaning on the chairs to kind of orient himself. They're all kind of yielding and groaning under his weight like an old boat. Like, <laughs> and he comes in, and everyone is aware of him because he is something to behold. And then the worst thing is, there's this package. It wasn't Richard Seymour, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Is um, is every seat had like a little pack that had like a, a pillow and a blanket in it. But I'd already been through this process and it was kind of heat shrink closed up and I'm kind of pulling it open, got the stuff out, put it in the overheads. This guy sits down, sits down on it and it explodes. Like, <laughs> you know, like when a car runs over like an empty juice box, is the explosion it makes is totally disproportionate. <laughs> So this guy who must weigh, I don't even know what, you know, 200 kilograms. This thing, half the plane gets up to leave. Everyone just just shits the bed completely. So this guy sits down. He, he can't sit in his seat with his legs forward. There's not enough room. Thankfully, there was actually an empty seat in front of him, so there was no one ever leant back during the flight. But he has to sit with his legs splayed completely wide open. He's got one foot in my well. He's got one foot in the other. <laughs> I can't really have a go because there's absolutely nothing else he could have done. That's how long his legs are. Me and him have to take it in turns for the whole flight to either sit back or sit forward because our shoulders... I'm not, I'm not massive, but I'm 
bigger than average, maybe broadwise. Yeah. Our shoulders overlap by about six inches. <laughs> oh my god! So on the rare occasions we're sitting side by side, I have to sit out into the aisle at an angle of about thirty degrees. So if I want to sit, I'm in this horrible position, getting hit by all the people walking past in the carts every time they come past with a with a drinks trolley i'm getting smashed in the shoulders dude this is horrible just to make things even better hello ladies and gentlemen this is captain donald duck uh we have just discovered a piece of metal sticking out of the bottom of the aircraft so we're just going to take care of that and uh then we'll be on our way we're like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> a what so apart from Hodor setting off bombs is now they're telling <laughs> us there's a big piece of metal sticking out we are delayed <laughs> on the tarmac for an hour and a quarter <gasps> i am sat under the the air conditioning that hasn't been, that could have been worse but it yeah. could have been worse uh, we, i was waiting for him to say oh ladies and gentlemen we're gonna be getting off the plane now but we didn't we sat for an hour and a quarter luckily once we took off i'm able to move around a bit like i like to do he is doing the same thing so every time i get up he sees it as an opportunity to get up at one point and this this will suffer from the visuals not being available on the audio only version of the podcast but I come out of the bathroom and he is sitting on the door. You know that big bulk on the door for the emergency exit? He is sitting on the sign that says, do not sit here. No! <laughs> so I go up to him. I'm afraid the cabin is just decompressed. <laughs> exactly. the, thing is, the thing is, if he got sucked out the door, he'd probably stop it. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, he would probably just jam yeah. the whole thing up. Yeah, you just hear a little bit of whistling. Home, but everybody would be fine. <laughs> but I, because I've seen some interactions with him and the, uh, the stewardesses, I know that he's got no English, this Italian guy. So I wave my hands in front of his face, point to him, point to the seat, and then for some reason I make this cutthroat right? <laughs> you know, I run my finger across my throat i've no idea why i didn't just say stand up i'm like you sit there we all die um <laughs> so he gets up but just to finish the, the the end of the the story is that i'm now sat back in my seat we're sitting forward or backwards whatever and it must be now the equivalent of like five in the morning uk time and you know the the cabin's completely dark most people are asleep under their blankets and there's a big pa announcement and i'm thinking this is unusual they go ladies and gentlemen we're sorry to disturb you we wouldn't normally make this but and for the first time in my life the cliche is there a doctor on board? And they're saying, oh, um, one, of, one of your fellow passengers is quite unwell. Is there anyone with any medical training? Nurses, doctors, emergency people? And I'm like, what? Don't tell me Hodor is a surgeon. Emergency tracheotomy. Exactly. No, And because I'm already sort of leaning at an angle, it doesn't take much for me to lean a little bit further. And I can see there's a guy actually collapsed on the floor. They've got him laid out by the galley, you know, where you can go and get yourself a glass of water. And there are four or five people all around him. And that goes on for two hours hours so i'm sitting there thinking do you know what i've got i'm a bit cramped i'm at a bit of a funny angle <laughs> but i think i'm gonna be okay because this guy is probably going out of here on a stretcher and sure enough he did but it made me kind of have a different perspective about the problems in my life wow lesson learned well uh, what's really weird is that i had a story also about i i sat next to a morbidly obese guy also but it actually i think that and the thing, you know, Matt, that like I have like I actually have tons of sympathy for fat people. Like I don't get angry. So when I went, I actually approached this middle seat as he was spilling over, and he was like so disappointed. Someone was sitting next to him and so apologetic. And so I was like, "It's all right, buddy. We're gonna make this work." Mine was a really short flight though, and this guy sounds smaller than your guy, even though my guy was fat. But the funny part was that there was a couple sitting uh, aisle to aisle, and I they had like a very brief. But um, pointed discussion about they. It looked like they were consider they were going to ask me to switch so they could sit together. 
And so when I sat down, the husband goes, should we ask him? And the wife just goes, no. Oh, like they, they definitely were like, no, don't. Oh. We don't want to switch. Don't do it. So they would have rather sat across the aisle from each other than wow. sit next to the guy I was sitting next to. Joe, I have a question. Why yeah. do you keep getting middle seats on planes? Okay, so I figured it out. So because I haven't been able to check in for my last few flights ahead of time, it says like you must check in at the airport. And it turns out that whoever has been booking my travel the last couple of times has been putting in my birth date as my actual birthday, but in the year 2016. <laughs> I mean, there's lying about your age, and then there's lying, isn't there, Jack? So I think he's a baby. Yes, when I go to check in, <laughs> baby steps, not baby steps. I, I come up as an unaccompanied minor, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of true, really, in some ways. Well, thank God so, they don't allow babies to check in online. <laughs> exactly, and so like I don't I haven't been getting like my choice of seat because they think I'm a fucking one year old. I mean, I I might not even be one if I was born in. October 2016. <laughs> I'm like three months old. Do you so, think whoever was booking the flight entered your mental age? <laughs> this isn't did, this isn't a female member of staff that you've like treated badly and is using this as a really gentle way of getting their own back. It could very well be. Okay, I thought I'd ask. So, having heard your stories of your flights home, I am now not going to complain. I mean, we all know that night flights in economy suck. You can't really get any sleep. You're just really uncomfortable. You're twitchy. But I think I probably had the best journey of the three, so I'm not going to complain. I will just tell you one quick funny story. When we were leaving Atlantis, you know we use this car service yeah. where this guy has some quite high-end vehicles, but they're all about, like, seven or eight years old. Master mm -hmm. Ken. So he sends for me and Dan, the director, a stretch limo. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, of course, loads of other people leaving Atlantis at the same time because there's a lot of people on the flight from Nassau to Heathrow. And they're like, who are those two douches getting a stretch limo? And, like, there's a group of dealers just laughing at us. So we get in the back and we're kind of like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, got the, the blue neon lights around the edge. I would, yeah, I would have been like, we're, we're going to prom. And, of course, <laughs> above you, uh, there's, a, there's a wooden panel with all these switches, like, you know, drinks, TV, moonroof. And, of course... We're flicking these switches. None no. of them work. None of them, <laughs> none of them connected to anything. But And then, of course, when we arrive at the airport, there's a whole other bunch of people who are on our flight as well who have to say, who are those two douches <laughs> arriving in a stretch limo? Uh, the most positive part of my journey, by the way, was uh, some of the movies I watched on the flight home. But I figure next week, Joey, why okay, don't we bye. do a proper kind of deep dive in some of the TV shows and movies that we've been enjoying recently and saw on our travels, Prague, Bahamas and what have you. That's fine. This show has been robust. Uh, let's get. We have some surprises to give away. Uh, yes, you may remember that during our live stream from the Bahamas, we had the million dollar card hunt contest, and on the last day, we were giving away three five hundred and thirty dollar tournament tickets to a PokerStars Championship Panama qualifier. Because that was the last day, we couldn't then announce the winners. We were going to do it on Twitter, but I thought, hey, let's use the other show we do poker in the ears to tell you those winners so congratulations to these three poker stars players these are their stars handles by the way who get those tickets skew 3000 j copenhagen x and aquatic funk skew 3000 j copenhagen x and aquatic funk all get 530 dollar tickets to a psc panama qualifier and of course that will be our next stop that's where we'll be streaming from in march and satellites are running now. I 
actually have a theory, I don't know for sure, but I get the kind of inkling that there might be spin-and-go qualifiers for Panama coming very soon to PokerStars. Ooh. So look out for those. Nice. Um, but of course, on this show, we like to give you, the listener, the chance to win a seat, or at least win a ticket to a satellite for a seat on this very show. Superfan versus States. So for our second show of 2017, we are going to Germany, as we say, wie geht's? Christian Obermeier. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm very well. Thank James, you. what what does wie geht's mean? You didn't get tricked into saying like Nazi propaganda again, did you? No, that means how's it going? How are you? Are you having a good day? Uh, now, you may know Christian better, Joe and Matt, by his Twitter handle, Doc Ober. Uh, of course. Yes, how long did you have to go to medical school to become Doc Ober? Uh, it took me about 20 seconds, I guess. So an old room, an old roommate gave me the title. Okay, so that answers my second question of, are you a real doctor? Of course not. <laughs> what? Why is what? It, I mean, why is that so out of the question? There are doctors, like two doctors that listen to our show. Probably, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> what do you actually do? Uh, I work in a production planning, a mid, medium-sized German uh, company um they produce connectors and cables and stuff so pretty boring yeah. pretty boring products but uh the job is rather exciting so it okay. sounds like geek shit to me and i love a bit of geek shit <laughs> <laughs> it, sh it sure does i i guess it's a, a typical german job i guess do you have any free samples that you'd like to send to us <laughs> <laughs> i just I do not right. and i would not that's a you shame because i control the questions so that's <laughs> that's a really bad start for you but and anyway also, we'll see I how was, it goes i was and also because I was going to buy a thousand connectors up soon, and now I'm not going to get them from you, my friend. God damn it. Such a missed opportunity. Hey, do you guys think, uh, since this dude's name is Christian, that I should try the Christian game out again? No, right or, no, uh, definitely no, not. no, no. <laughs> okay. You know that right. classic adage, Joe, if, you, if at first you don't succeed? Yeah. The next exactly. line is, give up. In your case. <laughs> Never! Well, he sure keeps trying. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, thanks a lot, Christian. That's what no it says problem. on his business card. <laughs> thanks a lot, fake, <laughs> fake doctor. No problem. I get, I get my blue check market any day now. I will. I'd say I will quit Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, would, I would never do that. Uh, so, Christian, what have you chosen as your specialist subject on Superfan versus Stapes? I chose the TV show Scrubs. I'm no Superman. Oh, exactly. So, Joe, is this one of your favorite shows? Do you watch it? Are you familiar with every season? The first few seasons it was on, I really, really loved it. I have not revisited it, and I didn't watch the last few seasons. And it, it got weird toward the end. It, like, switched networks, and then they changed the entire cast. And I don't even know if that's going to be included in this. But once that happened, I, uh, I was not really involved. But two of my friends that I wrote with – that I didn't write with, excuse me – that wrote on Mad TV went on to do that, that spinoff. Uh, and I never watched an episode because I was insanely jealous. <laughs> I, you, you didn't miss out. Ooh. Ah, but you have seen them. Okay. Yeah, I did. But, I mean, only once. I guess I saw the other seasons multiple times, but the last one, no. Didn't really multiple do it for me. Multiple times. Um, I have to be honest. I think I've seen about five episodes in my life. And it seemed like quite good fun. I just never committed. Now, Matt, you were the question master. Yeah. So I how did you go about researching a TV show that you don't watch? Well, this is a big problem for me because I've never seen a single episode. But friend of mine and friend of our broadcast, Steve Fair, Hornchurch Steve, 
it's actually ironically I smiled inwardly when James told me what the subject was because we have a running gag where for some reason when I first knew Steve he would always want to talk about favourite films and, and TV shows. And he'd say to me, hey, do you watch Scrubs? And the first time we had the conversation, I went, no, 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 no. And then maybe the third or fourth time I met him, he was like, by the way, I meant to ask you, have you ever watched Scrubs? And I was like, if he can, <laughs> it's, our running, it's our running joke. And in fact, if a few months goes by and he hasn't asked me, I will prompt him, hey, mate, you haven't asked me for a while if I uh, watch Scrubs. <laughs> so as soon as James said it to me, a big smile got my face. I uh, sent my friend Steve a message. And he very anally prepared in a PDF oh, no. with photos and everything. He really <laughs> went to town on it. But, of course, I'm totally at his mercy as to whether these are quality questions or not. So fingers crossed that this isn't either too easy or too hard for you guys. But I, I have high hopes. Okay, I, I'm into it. I love the I, origin story, and I love Hornchurch Steve. Go ahead, Christian. I'm honestly I'm honestly a bit scared I might bomb the same way the friends guy did. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that was probably the most epic... <laughs> And most embarrassing <laughs> Look, episode ever. Not yet, to be like yes, James. Yet, <laughs> not not for like to be super stereotype guy or anything. But I have a feeling that when a German dude says he's proficient in something, <laughs> he's going to be proficient. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, you know the deal, Christian. You are playing for a satellite ticket and an everyone loves a chop pot hoodie. Yes, you've upgraded the article of clothing. Uh, for this new season of the show. Um, so, Matt, how do you want to run this? Who's going to go first? Right, well, I think, obviously, our guest goes first. So, Christian goes first. As always, I've got five questions each and a tiebreaker. You can pick the numbers. Um, these are multiple choice. I might pause in case Christian actually wants to just answer. There's no additional points for answering without the multiple choice, but you might just want to impress me in case you really know what you're about. <laughs> anyway, so I guess um, let's guess this uh, on the road. Christian, sure. uh, do you want to give me a number between one and ten? Do I really have to give the first number? Yes, come on, we want to hear it in the German accent. Seven. <laughs> right. Seven. Okay. <laughs> Christian, which famous actor played a visitor visiting his own victim from a fight? You have not answered immediately, so I'll give you your options. <laughs> I think I know. Well, you, well, I mean, there's nothing but kudos if you don't Colin take the Farrell. It was Colin oh, Farrell. You're absolutely correct. Wow. Okay. I'm in trouble. As a bonus point, do you want to know? Uh, can you tell me, should I say, his character's name? Oh. I can't remember his name. Only that he's Irish. Joe, no. any 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 memory of this one? Uh, I don't remember, but I'm going to take a guess at the Irish name because uh, whatever. Um, uh, Tim O'Hurley. Oh, you're so close. No, it's Billy Callahan. Ah, okay, uh, so Joe, a uh, number between one and ten. Number nine, please. Okay. Which two of the six Friends actors have guest starred in Scrubs? Is it a point uh, per actor, or does he get one point for both? It's Joe, so maybe we should give him a point per, just to give him a chance. Okay, but if you say one who is not in it, that's, that's it. It's it. over, that's right? That's it. Wow. Okay. Pretty tough. I'm going to go with... Um, David Schwimmer. Unlucky well, Joe. that's the end of that round. Well done, mate. Um, <laughs> just to show off, Christian, do you want to take this one? Any ideas? Courtney Cox and Matthew Perry. One point, bingo. Oh, you're giving him that? Wow. I'm giving him one point because he got both of them. True. I, can't, I suppose Joe had only eliminated one. Right, Christian, uh, give me another uh, number. Let's go with number one. Good man. Okay, now th this question means nothing to me as I read it out. In, JD, in JD's final episode, which song is played over the flash forward of his and his friends' lives? I can give you your multiple choice options. Peter, Gab Peter Gabriel's The Book of Love, Coldplay's Fix You, 
Madonna's This Used To Be My Playground and Fragile by Sting. Oh my. See, I only watched the last episode of any given TV show once, so that's really tough. Oh, was JD's final episode the final episode? Hello? You, I'm sorry, I just had a question. Do you yeah. only watch the last episode once because it's too painful for you? You can't relive the end again? I don't think it's too painful. I most of the times I just hate see, uh, so uh, this things to end or TV series to end. So I only watch it once and don't watch back. See, that was a German person almost admitting to having emotion over something, but then <laughs> like really rationalize it at the end. Sorry to step over your answer. What did you answer, my friend? I said Coldplay. I'm afraid that's incorrect. It was Peter Gabriel's The Book of Love. Wow. Uh, Joe, give me a number. Number... <laughs> number two. <laughs> okay, Scrub's character, The Todd, greets everyone and everything with what? Is it fist bumps, chest bumps, hard slaps, or high fives? I think it is a chest bump. Incorrect. Fuck! High fives. There's a bonus point, though. What kind of a doctor is the Todd? He's a surgeon. Correct! He's on the board, ladies and gentlemen, and he's only down one point. The score is two to Christian, one really, to Joe. really pissed off that I missed that high five question. It's so dumb. I'm, like, furious. I mean, the fact was that... was an easy point. The fact that Steve says he greets everyone and everything with high fives, does he go around, like, hitting fridges and doors and things? I don't... I don't really remember. <laughs> okay, not to worry. Christian, moving on. <laughs> Give me a number. Uh, number eight. Number eight is still available. What is Dr. Cox's first name? I can give Possible. him a or Perry. Perry is correct. Three one. Wow, but he had, he got the full name too. Actually, I would have I would have gotten that one. But well done. Well done. Okay, uh, Joe, a number, please. What did what did my friend Doc Ober just pick? Eight. You got three, four, five, Eight. six, or ten. I'll go with three, please. Okay. What is JD's favorite drink? It is it apple teeny, orangina. Mango Love or a screwdriver? It's an Apple Teeny, I think. It is an Apple Teeny. And once again, there's only one point between them. And a bonus attached to this one. How does JD take his, his Apple Teeny? Uh, on the rocks. No. Christian, do you know, just for fun? Easy on the Teeny. Word for word, that's <laughs> got gets a point. That has got a point. And all of a sudden, wow. it's 4 2. Okay, that's all right. It's not, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, Christian, uh, 4, 5, 6, or 10? Uh, let's go with uh, 6. Okay. Heather Graham appears in season 4. Can you name her character? Would you like the multiple choice options? I know her first name. Do you need both names? Yes. Oh, then the multiple choice questions, please. Okay, is it Dr. Molly Clock, Dolly Clock, Holly Lock, or Holly Croc? Uh, it's Molly. Molly Clock. Correct, sir. Correct. Well done. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Uh, Joseph, uh, four, five, or ten? I will take number four, please. Okay. JD and the janitor have an ongoing feud about what might be stuck in the door mechanism. What does JD suggest it is? Your choices are a penny, a screw, a marble, a rat's tail. A penny. Correct. Come on, Woo! Joe, you're still in this. Okay, two more questions, one each. Uh, Christian, what number, five or ten for your last question? 
Yeah, what's weird is Matt is I didn't oh, actually oh. know the answer to that question, but I know the character of JD so well right. that I knew what he would think was stuck in there. Right, you could put yourself into his head. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and sorry, Christian, did you say ten? Yes. Perfect. Right. Uh, can you tell me which band performs the Scrubs theme tune? Would you like the options? Please. Is it Lazarus <laughs> Two Face, Lorelai Ambrosia, Lorenzo Joker, or Leslo Bain? Shit. <laughs> That's not one of the options. Yeah. He's now Superman. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I take a wild guess and say answer C. I'm afraid that's incorrect. It's not Lorenzo Joker. It was Laszlo Bain. As a bonus oh, point to James, it. do you know who Lorelei Ambrosia is? Lorelei Ambrosia. Was that the character in Superman 3? Yeah, Pamela Stevenson's Pamela character. There is a bonus point here for you, by the way, Christian, that Joe has been doing his very best to help you with since before the game started. <laughs> what, what is the name of the theme tune? And think about this carefully. Mm, I'll go with I'm No Superman. It's actually just Superman. I'm going to let well, James decide on this. As this was the superfan and he did not give the precise answer, the point is denied. I like that ruling. Oh, I think no. that's fair. What's the standing? Uh, five points to Christian and three points to Joe. So, Joe, you're going to have to get your last question and the bonus yeah. in order to win. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Or Joe. tie the game, rather. Joe, what is the name of the hospital in the show? Do you need the options? Come on. Uh, <laughs> Harsh. Nice sledging, Christian. What's really weird is, I mean, I drive by that hospital like every couple of days or so, uh, but it, obviously it's not called that in real life. Uh, you know, it's a, it's probably the bonus question. It's a real hospital. They just use it for shooting stuff. It do, you, just doesn't, do you want me to give function. you the, the four options? Yes, please. Okay. I was going to talk. keep talking. Until I thought you, you might <laughs> until I interrupted you. Is it Sacred Mother, Sacred Heart, Holy Trinity, or Holby City? It's Sacred Heart. It is Sacred Heart. Okay, you're only one point behind, Joe. If you can get this next question right, you've tied the game and we go to the tiebreaker. Okay, can you tell me, in the hospital, Dr. Beardface, as they all call him, insists that his name is pronounced exactly how? Uh... Uh, Beardface. <laughs> Beard? Not close enough. Do you, you want to go? Do you want to correct him on this, Christian? It's beard for say, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Beard so for say, oh, you were you were so close, Joe. What are the final scores, please, James? The final score is four points to Joe Stapleton, but five points to our superfan Christian Obermeyer, who wins the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie and that tournament satellite ticket. Nice. I just realized that Doc Ober picked a show about Doc Torres. I see. <gasps> Unfair advantage? Question mark? No, <laughs> not really. Uh, I mean, they, they're all not, not real doctors too, so... Oh, good point. Meta. Oh my yes. god, it's like living in another dimension. Uh, <laughs> Christian, thank you very much for all your support. Thanks for coming on the show and congratulations. Thank you guys, thank you guys for having me. Lovely to talk to you, thank mate. Thank you. Alright, goodbye guys. Guys, we are just about out of time for this week's episode of the show. I do want to say thank you to Steve Fair for putting together a very cool, very well done quiz. Man, I love I love crowdsourcing. 
stuff. <laughs> Do you know what? I never would have thought of it, but it, like I've learned it from Hartigan. It's just such a trademark of Hartigan's quizzes. If if I don't know it, find someone else. And as I say, there was just a cool story, at least between me and Stephen Scrubs. Now, yeah. No spoilers, because I'm not going to give you advance warning on next week's specialist subject, but there is one person in our team who is the obvious choice to go to. And so next week's questions have also been outsourced. Okay. All right. You know, I actually have a pitch for a super fan. I don't know how many we've got lined up. Um, Only next week. After that, we're clear. So I should say, by the way, that we are still taking applications. So we do want to encourage everyone out there to tweet with the hashtag poker in the ears. And don't forget to nominate a specialist subject and be aware that we normally record on a Wednesday and it's normally in the afternoon European time. So around kind of 4 p.m. Central European time. Uh, well, my pitch is for, do you know Richard who works with us uh, in Cards Up? The Richard dealer? the dealer. Yes. Richard, Richard who the famously dealer. dealt the final card in the San Remo main event where some numbskull shouts, it's a brick, it's a brick. And Joe <laughs> Stapleton goes, oh. <laughs> yes, that Richard. Thank you yeah. for making me relive that memory. Not me, by the way. Not me saying, oh, just so everyone knows, just so we're clear, not me. Um, so yeah, so Richard has been asking me for an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie for a while now. So I figure why not give him the opportunity to win it? Unless we could just give him one, but. Funny story about Richard, because he was sat next to me on the plane back to London, and yeah. he was watching an Oasis documentary on his <laughs> smartphone, but didn't watch it like normal people would. He put a fucking VR headset on wow. and watched an Oasis documentary. Goes, it's like being at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Richard's a good kid, so maybe we can give him a chance to win a hoodie. And uh, The punchline, by the way, is he couldn't get to the end because the battery on his phone ran out. <laughs> Oh, oh man, just that's just you just die. It's just the oh. end of your. That's the only problem with the um, VR helmets is you uh, you can't look back in anger. Thanks. Thanks <laughs> nice one. Thanks. I'm here all week. Oh, that's I'm not going to do Oasis jokes, but that was awesome. All right, that's all the time we got for this week's show. Next week, Donald Trump will be president, barring some sort of miracle. And uh, I'm in Fargo now, and I'm I found out this very interesting thing. I'm going to tell you guys about next week. Fargo has a superhero. Wow. No. Yeah, it has one of these vigilantes who, like, dresses up. I think he's called, like, the the Tin Man or something like that. And I, there, his, he leaves his calling card in various places around town. So I'm going to tell you guys everything I can find out about the Fargo Vigilante between uh, now and next week. So Nice. And we'll do some movie and TV reviews as well. There we go. All the superhero stuff we can possibly cram down. Thanks again, Steve Fair. Thank you very much to my co-hosts, James Hardigan and Matt Broughton. I miss you guys already. Until next time, this is Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later. Mm-hmm.